Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. There are over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 52 for some day in July. Nope, no, 29th of August. August. <laughs> close. <laughs> Not even close. 29th of August, 2011. Thanks for coming back, uh, everybody, and listening. Um, it's going to be a good show. You think so? We have lots to talk about. We've got... <laughs> You're very optimistic. Well, I tend to be that way. Yeah. I like to be optimistic. We've got our actor spotlight on Lori Holden. We have got all the Walking Ned, Walking Ned, <laughs> Walking Ned. I know Walking Ned. Yeah. yeah, we have all the Walking Dead news for the week. But before that, we also have a quick recap of Fan Expo Canada that took place in Toronto this past weekend. All right. So why don't we get right into our recap? You weren't there. Well, I couldn't go. No, unfortunately, <laughs> no, you couldn't go. No. Your your life is just too damn busy. That's the problem. It really is. You got to make time. I, I know, but work demands that I make time for them too. I suppose, but all weekend? Well, I had to break my cardinal rule, and my cardinal rule of working is only work 9 to 5 once per day. Uh-huh. And on Friday, I broke that rule. I worked from 9 to 5, and then I took a break, and then I started work at 9, and thinking, hey, this is going to be great. I'll just do work a couple hours, and then I'll watch TV and go to bed. And lo and behold, 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm still working. <laughs> so I decided to go to bed. I was actually on a conference call at 5 o'clock in the morning with like five other people, and we're all like, uh, we should probably get some sleep before we try and fix this. Well, what, were they in Japan or something? No, they were here. It just took a long time. Well, what? That's you had five people all working at 5 o'clock in the morning? At least five. There was probably more than that, but uh, only five people were on that particular call. That's not cool. They man. all sounded very tired. That is not good. No, that it wasn't good. good. But anyway, as as it turns out, uh, that kind of thing got in the way of uh, going to Fan Expo, which is kind of sad. Well, Fan Expo is, according to Dave, our pod, friend of the podcast and a frequent uh, contributor, mm-hmm. he's told me that this is the third largest um, uh, expo of its kind in the world. Wow. I would imagine behind San Diego Comic-Con yeah. and New York New Comic-Con. York? I, I'm not really sure. Um, but he said it's the third largest, and it is pretty damn big. I will say that. It was fun when we went there. The last time I went, it was I had a great time. Well, that was two years ago. It was. It was too long ago. Last year, the Fan Expo people dropped the ball and did not book a big enough section of the conference center here in Toronto. So a lot of people were turned away, including myself. Right. And I was not very happy about that. But I decided to go back this year because they ensured everyone that they had got their act together, got a big enough space and would sell the right number of tickets, not too many, anything like that, and everyone could get in. And, in fact, they did. Good. Was uh, it bigger than uh, two years ago, the space, I mean? No, the space was the same as two years ago. Apparently, I believe, and someone out there correct me if I am wrong, last year they changed the space and it was a little bit smaller. Oh. 
So where it was this year was the same as two years ago, which, right. uh, and now they might have even been using a bigger section of it. In fact, I think they were, because do you remember when we were there, one end of it was a food court? Yeah, there was unused space over there. That wasn't, that's not a food court this time. Oh. The food courts were sort of back in around the corner a bit, which means nothing to anyone I know, but uh, that whole floor was now the con. Oh, good. So it, it probably was the biggest space they've had in a while, and... It was really good. It was a lot better. I had, my experience was a lot better than two years ago. Oh, good. Uh, which I am very, very happy about. So, as you all know, Dave had his little booth there for Stranger, which was fun. So we got to hang out at his booth. I think it was a success, successful four days for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a really, really good location right by an entrance. So the first thing people saw when they walk in is his big Stranger banner. Wow. And uh, he had the really the only kind of table banner right there by the entrance and definitely the nicest looking one. Oh, good. So he also had a very popular booth right beside him. So it oh, sort of drew a lot good. of people right right to him. Um, I don't know. He can he could probably come on and tell us, you know, how sales were and stuff. I don't think he sold a ton, but you know what? He only had one issue. It's his first time. And uh, <clears throat> I think, you know, I'm well, going the to... the word sp- out there. I mean, even if you don't make sales, I mean, the uh, you get in front of eyeballs. That's always a good thing. Exactly. Did Some people bought it, but a lot of people saw it. He gave some away, things like that. So yeah. I think, uh, if I can speak for him, I think it was a success. Oh, good. I think. Well, I mean, it's it's nice to have somebody that's popular beside you, because the last thing you want to do is be beside a slapping booth or something like that, where... <laughs> You know, people just don't want to get slapped, so they just don't go there. Or or a uh, a dunk tank. I mean, people oh, do like that, but uh, you're always yeah. getting water sprayed on your crap. And Yeah, yeah that would be bad, too. <laughs> would or be bad. one of those places that sells super soakers. <laughs> yeah. All I do is, you know, super soak all your comic books. Super, yeah, you don't want that. That's not good. So he had a good time. Um, I got to hang out with him for a while. That was fun. People did see the big Talking Dead ad on the back of the Stranger comics, so oh, good. that benefits us. Did you man the booth while he went for a slice? Uh, well, he had his wife there most of the time, okay. so I didn't have to. I did man the booth for about two minutes while the two of them walked away to see something. Right. Um, nobody came over during that right. two-minute period. Lucky though, man. So lucky I didn't, man. I didn't have to do anything. Uh, I'm just a guy here. Uh, <laughs> you'll be right back. I was there with Grace, his wife, for a while, and... Uh, well, Dave went to get a coffee, and that took like 20 minutes. So yeah. at one point, I did talk to somebody then about, told him all about it. And as I was sort of finishing, Dave walked up, and I'm like, here's the man himself, the famous artist. All so right. It was kind of cool. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Congrats to Dave for getting in there and doing his thing. I don't know if he's going to be back next year, but I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. But there was lots of other cool stuff going on, too. So I was there primarily, as you might guess to try and, you know, see what I could see, see what kind of Walking Dead presence was there. Because mm-hmm. two years ago, there was nothing. Well, there would be nothing. I'm not even, to be honest, I don't even remember two years ago if there was a, an Image Comics booth, which you'd think there would be, but I don't think so. I, it doesn't stand out in my mind, so I don't know. But there certainly was an Image presence this year. They had their own, like a big, you know, quadruple size booth. Huge banners of uh, The Walking Dead and Invincible and some of their other stuff. And they were basically selling all of their Walking Dead merchandise. Stuff. So all the trades, all the hardcovers, um, uh, the compendium. I think they had the the third omnibus release there. Oh, yeah. I, w- I would love to have a set of all three omnib- omnibi. Omnibuses. Uh, right. Omnibusi. But that first one is like $500, $600 yeah. now. So Just stick with the happen. books. I know, I know, books. I know. I just, you know, I'm a completist. When's the next book coming out? Uh, I'm not sure. 
six, six or seven. Six is out. I have six. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. I, sometime after the next 12 issues, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Eventually. But uh, so I hung around the image booth for a while and, and chatted with those guys a bit. I bought some stuff there, um, some stuff for myself and some stuff to give away on this mm-hmm. very here show at some point. Um, and I, I let the guys, the guy there know about what we do and he seemed to think it was pretty cool. So I hope he checks it out. Image comic, image comics booth guy. If you're listening, (laughs) send us an email talking dead podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and thanks for, um, thanks for helping me out at the table there. It was very cool. Um, more walking dead. They also had, um, Tony Moore, the original artist on the walking dead was at the con. Yeah. He had a table where he was selling a lot of his stuff. Uh, the first trade paperback because that's all he he uh, did, uh, plus a lot of prints from yeah. from um, pages and stuff from the from the comic. So it was pretty cool to see him and uh, just watch him work for a minute because he was just kind of sitting there like drawing stuff and things like that. Cool. You could hire him on the spot to do a commission if you wanted, and you'd like come back. I don't know if it was the next day or later that day, and he'd be it'd be done for you. Well, I want to do that. It was like three hundred bucks. <laughs> so, Still, <laughs> it would be cool, definitely cool, but. I didn't have that kind of money hanging around. Yeah, instead of uh, instead of Rick Grimes throwing that punch in the uh, in one of the uh, uh, the, po- the posters you got, one of the prints you got, just you know substitute him for my face. Yeah, there you go. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you throwing a bloody punch. Here's Rick Grimes throwing a bloody punch, and here's me doing the same thing. So it was kind of fun to see him. I didn't um, I didn't line up for one of his uh, his autographs, but I did buy some of the autographed prints of his work yeah so that's pretty cool um that was fun he was there all week and he was very friendly and then the last thing was um anchor bay the the uh company that releases the dvd Mm -hmm. had a presence there and they were promoting some of their recent releases including the walking dead and they brought chandler riggs in they did yeah michael rooker was originally scheduled he canceled at the last minute and uh somehow chandler riggs came in I wasn't really sure if I was going to get a chance to meet Chandler or even see him because um, he was added late and he, there was no information about him in the official program. Right. So I didn't know when or where he was going to be. And you'd think the website would be updated, but I couldn't really find the details. They're too busy getting ready for the con. Obviously too busy. So um, I just kind of got lucky, though, because I was hanging out with Dave and the Anchor Bay booth was within eye distance of it, you know, maybe... 30 meters away, not even that, 20 meters away. And I just happened to look over and there was a big crowd and some applauding. So I thought, well, I got to go see what's going on over there. And just as I got there, Chandler and three other actors from other Anchor Bay stuff came out and they were going to sit at the table and do some autograph signings. Nice. And <clears throat> unlike most of the celebrity signings there, they were free. Oh, wow. So it was even better. Now, the difference was they were doing it at the booth right. instead of a scheduled like celebrity appearance time. Right. So I got in the lineup, which didn't take long, about 10 minutes, and uh, I got up to Chandler, and I got him to autograph my Walking Dead poster and shake his hand and say, great job, and go on my merry way. Excellent. So that was kind of fun. He's he's a very friendly, well-spoken little dude. All right. Does he look older than he did (laughs) in the show? I think he looks younger in real life. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is strange. He looks younger now than he did on the show last year. Maybe he is. Because... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. It it bodes well for him not aging too fast. Maybe he time-traveled for some reason. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably unlikely, but yeah? you, you, well, you never know. He could have. 
Um, but yeah, that was that was really fun. I would have really liked to have had a chance to chat with him for a while, or if somehow I was there with press credentials, get five minutes with him and ask him a few questions. But just couldn't do that in the in the situation we were in. Right? They were you know want people to keep moving so the next person could get through. But well, there you go. I shook his hand and uh, got his autograph. So. Good work. He has very small, delicate, soft hands, like your average (laughs) 10-year-old, I guess. Nice. (laughs) That's all I can say about that. Um, So, yeah, Fan Expo was really cool. It was really fun this year, and I'm I'm really glad I went, and I'm excited for next year. Me too, and I'm going to go next year. You got to, man. That's, you know, I say that every year, but... I went next year. I'm going to go for sure. I went uh, on Friday night for three hours or so, and then I went most of the day on Saturday, and... uh, Never got bored. Like, never was felt like, okay, I've seen everything. What do I do now? Did you spend lots and lots of money? Well, I, I did. I spent a couple hundred bucks probably. There you go. Uh, all all told. Um, now that it does include, you know, like a $10 slice of pizza and right. a couple times and uh, stuff like that. Um, Next time, bring your own pizza. <laughs> I suppose I could do that. <laughs> I could try anyway. I could at least bring doesn't a... It doesn't even have to be hot. I could bring a sandwich. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> Bring a slice of pizza. They were selling. There was a. I bought the the pizza, 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 which is one of the sponsors of the thing. Right. Um, there was a hot dog booth there. A couple of them. Yeah. They were selling like little regular boring size hot dogs for something like four seventy five. Wow. Yeah. A can of Coke was three twenty five from the hot dog place. Like that's insane. That at is least pretty insane. At least the pizza combo was eight bucks for a little slice and a. And a drink. Did you did you at least get to, if you bought a hot dog? Did you get your bun steamed? I don't know. I didn't pay for the hot dog because <laughs> I like hot dogs, but uh, I like a nice steamed bun with I, my hot dog. I love hot dogs, and I agree with that. But I wasn't going to pay that money to find out. Holy well, geez. you know, I'm not going to pay for pay that kind of money for you know some stupid regular bun or a toasted bun. Good lord! Oh, no, I want a nice steamed bun with my hot dog. Soft steamed bun. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of mustard. That's oh, I'm getting out of my way home. Because <laughs> why not, really? <laughs> So Fan Expo was great, like I said, and I'm glad there was a Walking Dead presence there this year, unlike two years ago. We missed last year, so I have no idea what they were doing, but uh, I think Dave did get in last year. He yeah. didn't have a booth, but he went just as a regular ticket holder. And I, if I remember correctly, he said there was almost nothing there last hmm. year for it, too. So let's hope that uh, next year it'll be just before Season 3, and they'll be doing a big promotional push and there'll be all kinds of great stuff like we'll get press credentials andrew lincoln will be there and 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 robert kirkman and frank darabont no wait somebody else Frank who (laughs) yeah at the time (laughs) so anyways it was a lot of fun and um i want to throw one thing out there if if there's anybody i told dave i'd do this if there's anybody out there who heard about this podcast or stranger or anything like that from the booth from his booth from his comic send us an email and let us know that you heard about us from fan expo toronto that'd be good talking dead podcast at gmail.com would love to hear from anybody who discovered us there or dave of course all right and if you uh, if you contact us we'll give you a free episode <laughs> we'll let you download a, an episode completely free completely free what a deal yeah what a deal <laughs> Okay, let's get into this week's uh, Walking Dead news, All shall right, we? Yeah. So we have one more. The first item here is one more follow-up on the firing of Frank Darabont, which we covered ad nauseum last week. I love that phrase. Uh, it's it's Latin phrase. for 
until it makes you sick. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, wouldn't be the first time awesome, on this show. Awesome phrase. <laughs> Steven Yun is the first and only uh, cast member to speak out about the firing of, firing of Darabont. And this was reported by Digital Spy, or at least that's where I read it. And um, he says, We still, as a cast, show up to work every day and absolutely kill it. No pun intended, I guess. Uh, I don't know. They killed them and kill yeah. them. <laughs> he uh, he says, we have our hearts on the ground, on the set, on every single take. So he's just trying to say that, don't worry, we're still into it. You know, I'm sure it was probably a little upsetting, but everything's fine now. And we're proceeding as normal. Hearts on the ground, ready to be stomped on? I don't, I don't understand that phrase. Well, I don't know. I think I think he just means they're giving it their all. Oh, good. They're, he's, they're leaving their I'm hearts on the ground. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, he also said, there are professionals working on our show and people have seen the first couple of episodes of season two and, uh, have walked away saying, this is the best television show on TV. Sweet. As opposed to the best television show on television on anywhere else. Allow myself to introduce. This is the best myself. television show in magazines. <laughs> so. That'd be weird, eh? Yeah. So he kind of has to say these sorts of things. You know, I've, I've grown accustomed to this kind of statement whereby everyone says yeah everyone's so great to work with and you know we've you know everything everything's hunky-dory and this is the best thing i've ever done and so on and so on and i'm so lucky to be here yeah we get used to that at things like comic-con and fan expo and so on um so you know you got to take this with a grain of salt but no one else has said anything from the actors well, if you're gonna so. say something if you're gonna speak out this is the way to do it like, you're not going to say, well, you know, Frank left and uh, we're really kind of mad about it and we were considering completely walking off the set. And, yeah, we're, uh, we're pissed and AMC we, is screwing us. We and, yelled and screamed and, you know, wrecked our trailers and stuff, but uh, they didn't listen. And, you know, we, we have contracts and we're still getting paid, so we got to show up. <laughs> but when they're done, man, we're all out of here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we left our hearts on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we're still there you should definitely not be a uh <clears throat> statement a publicity statement writer oh uh, yeah i should never speak out on anything because I'll, I'll i'll say it like it might be good thing you have a podcast then. yeah that's right so <clears throat> there you go nobody else has said anything and i don't i think this sort of daremont thing is probably going to more or less be put to bed now I don't imagine too much more news is going to come out. I've heard that Darabont's already shopping another show around to people, so to networks. So a show. maybe we should start a podcast. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see where that goes. But I think he has washed his hands of The Walking Dead, and it's now in the hands of Greg Mazzara. And we'll see. I have high hopes. The second item, uh, second item uh, in the news this week is a dispatch from the set with David Boyd, cinematographer and new director. Director on the show. It didn't say in so many words in the in the article which episode he's directing, but he did talk about episode two hundred seven. So I'm gonna go with that as the one. Why not? Um, I, <clears throat> I suppose I could have checked this on the IMDb, but I'm not sure if they have the directors listed yet. So. Either way, he was talking about 207, and he said, it's cool in that we see Andrea. This girl can shoot, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Lori. She's kept her shit together through Rick getting wounded and all that stuff, but she's starting to come apart a little bit, and by the end of the episode, she and Rick put it all out there. As functional as you can be in the apocalypse, these two are going to be equals. So it sounds like, the reason I pulled that quote is that it sounds like... um, it's going to take seven episodes before 
everything comes to a head. Yeah. Everything love triangle related comes to a head. You think so? Well, I mean, I guess they don't, he isn't necessarily referring to that, but, uh, I mean, Lori and Rick are going to have their issues. Oh, well, yeah, who wouldn't really? It's really quite the stressful situation, you know, being in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. By then we're going to know what Jenner whispered, I think, because they've said we're going to find that out relatively early. Right. So, but I, I, you know, seven episodes, that's sort of right in the middle. Yeah. That's going to be a mid-season, you know, cliffhanger. If they if they do something like that, yeah, that would be right around the Christmas break. I think that would be perfect, probably somewhere so, around sweeps. I think episode two hundred seven is going to be a big one. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going down. I think so. Um, now he this uh, David Boyd also used to work on Friday Night Lights, which is a coincidence because I am currently watching Friday Night Lights. Right, just, and I've I've seen the series. I've you've seen, seen the whole it. Thing. Just, uh, just I I just finished season three. And they asked him about how his work on that show influenced me, influenced him, because they referenced a scene in The Walking Dead that takes place on a football field. Oh. Like the two have anything to do with oh, each great. other. Oh, great. Football zombies. That's <laughs> perfect. Uh, he says, the stuff that came out of Friday Night Lights to me was, we didn't rehearse on that show, and we didn't put marks down, and actors knew that they could go anywhere and play. And that aspect of it, I think, is really valuable for performances. From a camera camera standpoint, I try to make sure everybody on The Walking Dead knows that they can play. They can turn it on, and let's see what happens. And we'll make sure nobody falls. We'll catch them. Right. So, did you it, know that about Friday Night Lights? Um, I did. I had heard it before, but I, I didn't really think about that when I was reading this article until he mentioned it. Yeah. Friday Night Lights, yeah, it's very documentary style, and they just let the actors do what they want. Yeah, of. and they had uh, three cameras on all the time, and they just kind of let the actors go where they wanted. They didn't rehearse. Uh, they could, you know, go off script a little bit, but, uh, you know, they were still expected to get out what they were supposed to get out, but uh, they could do pretty much whatever they wanted. And it's nice to hear that they're doing this in The Walking Dead, too, because I think that's very important for, um, you know, genuine performances. So it doesn't seem so stiff. Especially in this kind of show. Like, they, you know, they need to, they're reacting to the situations that they're put in. Right. Um, or at least that's what's asked of the actors in this kind of a show. And I think if they're actually doing that, it's, you know, it's even better. Uh, but it's interesting that I didn't really, I guess it comes down to, you know, how the directors work and so on. And other, some directors might not be as quite into this style as others. But uh, it does, I do like the idea that this is what they're doing. Just kind of like, okay, you're in a zombie apocalypse. This is what's going on. There's zombies over there. You got a flat tire and uh, now go. And see what happens. Oh, no, I got a flat tire. (laughs) What am I going to do? I can't call CAA or nothing. (laughs) That's right. And this is why I'm not on such a show. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyways, that's pretty cool. David Boyd, cinematographer turned director. You can find that dispatch from the set on the AMC TV Walking Dead blog. So On Location Vacations uh, is a site that lists filming locations for TV shows and movies. All right. And they posted a uh, a link to the fact that The Walking Dead was filming at Hutchison Subdivision off Rockaway Road in Sonoya, Georgia. Sweet. And I, I went looking for that, and I found more information at thecitizennews.com, which I think is a local newspaper down there. Um, but the reason I pulled this out is that The Walking Dead is filming at a subdivision off Rockaway Road. Oh, wow. So something that we didn't really think was going to make it into the TV show 
sounds like it might be making it into the TV show. Yeah. Now, off the top of your head, can you remember what the name of the... Woodbury? No, Woodbury is where the governor was. Oh, then no. Yeah. I couldn't remember it either, um, so if you can... Harwood Estates? Something like that. <laughs> make that up. <laughs> no. Um, but Rockaway? I, Rockaway is the name of the street. <laughs> I, um, I looked it up on Google Maps, this location. And uh, I don't know if you can see this, but maybe you can see it over there. I can see it. So, oh, that looks pretty cool. So this is kind of... Whoa, zoom, whoa, zoom, whoa. whoa. So this is it right here. Good thing here. it's an audio-only podcast, Dan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the location here that they're filming. It is a, a single entrance, sort of uh, circular street with no other way in or out. And if you zoom right in at the entrance here, you can see little gates. Like little yep. welcome to wherever you are. And Gates. the trees completely surrounded. It looks like it's surrounded by parkland. Trees completely surrounded, exactly. And it's secluded and, you know, a little bit, um, well, perfect for filming a secluded zombie series. We should move there. No. But Why we not? should go there and check it out someday. Why wouldn't you want to move there? It sounds like a lovely place. Well, it does sound like a nice place. And there's true. gates to keep the zombies out. I Yeah, I guess so. And the riffraff. So... This sounds like the perfect location for the uh, sub-development that our, our gang gets to for it does. one night. So I have a feeling that we are actually going to see that location in the TV show. That'd be awesome. I think so, too. Now, if episode 207, if he directed that and he's talking about it uh, in the past, uh, David Boyd, mm-hmm. that means that uh, they'll be getting to this after 207. They're probably filming. Like, no, not necessarily. They film totally out of order, right? Ep- I don't even know. on TV shows, they don't. They what did they say? Eight to ten days per episode, or yeah. eight days per episode. But they could do a day in episode three, and then another day the next day in episode six. That so seems I don't silly. I don't think there's any. That'd be hard on the actors, don't you think? That's why they're paid the big bucks. No, it'd be hard on me. <laughs> That's right. And also, why you're not a, one more reason you're not an actor. <laughs> oh no, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That's my acting voice. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. I can hear. It's it's amazing. <laughs> so there you go. I think they're going there, and it looks like the perfect, perfect location. If anybody out there is listening who happens to be in Sonoya, or it's S-E-N-O-I-A. Sonoya? Sonoya? Sonoya. Sonoya, Georgia, or, or near Rockaway Road. Let us know. It's called the Hutchison Subdivision. Uh, there's, no, there's no Google Street View there, unfortunately. Uh-huh. So uh, if anyone has a picture... I would love to see it. Seems like a lovely subdivision. It does, doesn't it? All right. All the roofs are the same color, though. Well, if you look almost anywhere, roofs are mostly the no, same color. No, they started, uh, you know, houses that are built in the last 10 years, they started realizing that roof lines and shingles, they all had to vary that stuff where every place looks like kind of The crazy. same from space? Yes. <laughs> the sick kind of uh, crazy subdivisions. So yeah. they started varying that stuff, but uh, it looks like this was built, these, this subdivision was built before they decided that that was a good idea. It said in the um in the article that the uh the residents were asked to let their grass grow a bit and not cut it so that nice. it would be a little more authentic. Oh, that's good. So, it's exciting. It's exciting. Wouldn't it be great if uh, you know, your house was on the walking dead? <laughs> that that's would my house. That would be cool. <laughs> uh I felt like my house might be in something we watched later, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So, Scott Ian, remember last week we talked about him, the guy from Anthrax? I do. Who was going to be 
a uh, zombie on the show. Mm -hmm. Well, he provided more information on his zombie experience. Oh, good. Uh, apparently, it was at the masterful hands of special effects artist Garrett Immel, mm -hmm. who, according to Ian, is, quote, one of the top dudes doing this on the planet. <laughs> that's uh, that's his uh, title on his business card, I bet. <laughs> the top dude? One of the top dudes doing this on the planet. That's <laughs> totally right. <laughs> Um, apparent, according to Ian, uh, Immel transformed him into a hero zombie. So the hero zombie, I guess, is the featured zombie that we've talked about before. I don't know if they're heroes. Like, uh, Buster. Unless he means by superhero, he's got a cape and... No, no, no. He's a hero zombie. It means he gets more screen time and he does something, um, prominent, I think. Right. Eat something or somebody. Yeah, like the hero, a hero zombie would be the guy who bit Amy on the arm. Oh, I see. Or... The one that Greg Nicotero played that... Uh, ate the deer. That ate the deer. Yeah. That's right. And he got his head chopped off. That's right. Yeah. Those are hero zombies. Okay, I get it. Um, or the black-suited zombie, commonly known as Buster. That's right. a hero zombie. Yeah. So he's going to be a hero zombie, and that's exciting. Um, it means he had the highest level of detail, including flesh wounds on his head and neck uh, with silicone appli appliques. Exciting, nice. eh? <laughs> and just for good measure, they bashed him in the head with a shovel. <laughs> It's got to be authentic, right? Yeah. Now, just turn around for a second. We're going to do something on the back here. All right. Here. Now, don't blink. <laughs> uh, Ian says, I told him not to hold back and make it as brutal as possible. Uh, now, apparently, Ian's his scene involved... It's hard to say Ian because it's a first name, but it's his last name. Right. Anyways, his scene involves his zombie alter ego shambling out of a house and going after two kids. Oh no! So he's Wonder probably who those two kids are. He, well, yeah, he's but he's probably in one of the Hutchison subdivision houses. Yeah, probably. And he's going after uh, Carl and Sophia. Right. That's what I'm going to say. See, we can piece this whole thing together just by following the news this closely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> See what <laughs> I mean? That seems like that subdivision is probably not a great place to hang out for very long. No, because all the houses are full of dormant zombies. That anthrax as soon as you zombies. Walk it, <laughs> anthrax. Metal god zombies. Well, I mean, just anthrax zombies in general is kind of a scary thing to put together. Pretty It'd be bad. like nuclear anthrax zombies would be the next step up from there. What would make them nuclear? I don't know. Dirty bomb of some kind of radiated. So just radi radi radioactive. Yeah, radioactive uh, anthrax zombies. So not only will they bite you to death, but they'll make you sterile too. Yeah. That's make bad. your hair fall out. That is not yeah, good. It just does, yeah, it's just not good. Not only do you not want to be bit by them or get into a fight with them, you generally don't want to hang around with them either. <laughs> Very like at the end of Shaun of the Dead where you're playing PlayStation. You don't want to do that with an anthrax or an irradiated anthrax zombie. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, that's true. But at least Ed was chained up. That's true. Okay, our uh, next item in the news. Kirkman, Inc.'s deal to distribute The Walking Dead comic in Asia. Not really related to the TV show, but exciting news for Robert Kirkman. He said, the next step for Skybound, which is his publication company, and The Walking Dead in particular, is the evolution into a global brand. The police are coming for us. I hear sirens. I hear outside. that at my place all the time. I almost didn't pay attention to it. No, mm -hmm. I can hear it. Probably not on the mics, but if uh, if we suddenly go off the air, it's because the police showed up. No, somebody just... Uh Sirens and uh, flashy lighty things just kind of drove right by your house. So. Oh, good. They're gone. Did you drive here today? I did not. I'm not going to drive here again. <laughs> good, because last time your car got destroyed. Well, it didn't get destroyed, oh, but somebody hit. hit a car that was parked in front of my car, and then it, it hit my car, and my car was moved by like three or four feet, and the, you know, the hood got buckled, and I was just complaining about how much traffic there is around here and how many parked cars and how dangerous it is. 
Well, hopefully there's not another big accident out there I now. did not drive. I'm not driving here again. <laughs> well, you don't really need to. Well, no, I don't live that far, but maybe I'll drive here when I move out to Pickering. Then you'll need to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wow, that was a sidetrack. Eh? That was a sidetrack. So what was I saying? Kirkman, the next step for Skybound and The Walking Dead in particular is the evolution into a global brand. Partnering with Moving Images to form Skybound Asia is the first logical step toward that goal. It will allow us to gain a foothold in emerging markets in order to bring Skybound comics and products to an entirely new fan base. A lot of people over there. Oh, there sure are. Um, They got zombie dollars to spend. Yes, they do. And, you know, Kirkman, good for him. He's going to make a lot of money selling comics in Asia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? And if there happen to be any listeners... In that part of the world, you can now get The Walking Dead locally, hopefully for less than you would have to pay by importing it from the States. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, apparently, Skybound uh, Skybound Asia will be based out of Korea. Oh, okay. I didn't write that in the notes, but I think that's what uh, what it said. I've been to Seoul. Have you? Yeah, a couple times. Well, I got off a plane in Seoul. They refueled it. I got back on the plane, and we took off. I looked out the window and saw the whole city. <laughs> From the airport. Well, technically, you were there. I was there. There you go. Is that you've done that twice? Uh, yes, twice. Might have been three times. I'm trying to think if it was twice or three times. I don't. Know. I think the third time we went to, we went through Hong Kong. All right. So, either way, you've been to Seoul. You saw the airport. I sure did. Our last item in the news update this week is something we haven't done in a long time. We Before season one, every week we would do a Walking Dead casting update, according to the IMDb. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done that in a long time because, well, the show's been off the air and there hasn't been any new casting so For much. quite some time. But now, I thought I'd go back and check, and there are two new actors listed for oh. certain episodes in season two. Most excellent. James Allen McCune as Jimmy. All right, Jimmy. He in, looks like Jimmy. In season two, episode three. Kind of looks like Jimmy Olsen, too. He'd be a perfect Jimmy. <laughs> you think so? Well, yeah. So we already have Jim, who, well, we know what happened to Jim, and now we have Jimmy. Uh, he's much more of a Jimmy. There's no <laughs> Jimmy in the comic, is there? I don't know. I looked him up. There's no Jimmy. I'm just looking at his pictures on IMDb, and he's got, you know, it's obviously his headshots, right? He's got a headshot of him in a, uh, you know, a golf shirt, and then a headshot of him in a golf shirt wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With exactly the same hair. Yeah. And, uh, well, he's got one eyebrow raised when he's wearing the glasses. <laughs> Yes, he does. It, it takes a special talent to do that. Oh, I can't I do it. I think headshots in general are funny. Yeah, well, he's got headshots. Um, apparently, he is an <sighs> American-born actor, born in Atlanta, Georgia. Go figure. Um, to Charlotte and Lauren McCune in 1990. So he's not old. Wow. <laughs> I know. God. 1990? Yeah. I remember 1990. I was in high school. Y- yes. 1990. That's... That, that's... Not that long ago. Nope. Makes me feel old. Um, he's only ever been in two things, one of which is The Walking Dead. He's listed in season two, episodes six. I mean, episodes three, five, six, and seven. Episode so, four. you know, Jimmy, who knows what this means? It could be nothing. He could be playing a zombie, and, uh, you know, he's added himself to the IMDb as Jimmy. I don't know. But we like to mention him because he, he may be on the show, and hopefully he has a long... And prosperous career ahead of him in playing zombies on TV. I think he makes a perfect Jimmy. <laughs> he's not a zombie if he's named Jimmy. Well, this is what I'm saying. We have no idea. He probably, uh, if that's an actual character, no, he's probably not a zombie. But that might not be his actual character. Maybe he's on the farm, I bet. 
Yeah, he could be on the farm. Jimmy on the farm. There's a Jimmy, isn't there a Jimmy? No, I looked it up. But Herschel does have other uh, children, right? He had a yeah. couple of sons and at least a, one daughter. A couple of daughters. Uh, two daughters, yeah. yeah. And, and there's so, the neighbor's daughters. That's right. So there's more people around and um, maybe... Jimmy might be in the Jimmy's barn by the end of the thing. Well, I looked up the characters and there was no Jimmy. So maybe they renamed somebody. I don't, no, know. I don't know. We will see. We also have Andre Batichko as Husla. Husla. <laughs> in season two, episode eight. H U S L. Husla. H U S T L A. Husla. He's the only actor listed for season two, episode eight. Andrew Lincoln, Sarah <laughs> Wayne Kelly. All about him and this. None of them are there yet. That's it. <laughs> so, Just Husla. Yeah. Andre Bat- Batchenko. Uh, he was born August 6th, 1985, at least he's a little bit older, in Tallinn, or Tallinn Estonia. Oh. And at the age of three, his him and his family moved to Moscow, Russia. Huh. And he went to high school in Moscow and specialized in English arts. So oh, good. He is playing hustler. I don't know what that means. Is that a form of the word hustler? I don't know. So, who knows? I don't know. He played a hijacker in The Killing. I saw that, yeah. Episode I don't remember two twelve. No, I don't remember the two twelve. <laughs> yes, so that's why you don't remember it. It hasn't, it hasn't been on yet. Well, you see, I looked at that. I'm like, I just my brain just went. Well, of course it's one twelve. But Andre okay. Batichko, hijacker, uncredited in the killing. Well, which killing is this? I mean, it was based off of a Norwegian show, I believe, right? It links to the American one. It does link to the American one. Two twelve. You think they're two- filmed that far ahead already? No, no, but they've cast people, right? Now, is it, is it not curious that he's listed himself in The Killing, or he is listed in The Killing and The Walking Dead, two AMC shows? Yeah. There's also so, on Justified. Yeah. As cop. Uh, yes, that's true. And then a couple of Russian things, it looks like. Yeah. So, who knows? Hustla. <laughs> that's right. I think it'll be uh, hilarious if a character named Hustla shows up. But that is our IMD, imdb.com Walking Dead cast update for this week. Wow. That's muscle. And it wraps up our uh, news segment, too. All right. If you have any comments or questions about the news you've heard in today's podcast, please contact us uh, at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or on the Zomb line at one 483 9662. That's toll free call, everybody. You have no excuse. So, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, it's time for our Walking Dead Actor Spotlight on Lori Holden. It all began without warning on a strange winter's morning. The sky turned red, the vibrations went dead. With these terrible songs on a rainy day The pressure just started to fall Your scene doesn't do anything for me It doesn't do anything at all Is the music gone? Is it gone? For you, the listeners of the Talking Dead podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, what is your recommendation for the fine people this week? You know, I'm going to go with uh, Stephen King, Under the Dome. 
Ooh, this is your second Stephen King in a row. Yeah, second Stephen King. Under the Dome, uh, basically a small town in Maine, uh, is suddenly sealed off by an invisible force field. It's completely cut off from the outside world, and uh, nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Completely out of the blue? Like, totally unexpected. Completely out of the blue in the middle of a nice day. It just, that's it. Force field can't get out and anymore. Pe- and people find this out because one day somebody just walks into it or something? Well, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that happen where trucks smash into it or get cut in half or people get killed or, you know, smack into it, a plane smacks into it, that if, kind of if stuff. If you touch it, do you die? or do No, you, it no. just, it, uh, anything you smack onto it just eventually just kind of slides down. Huh. slowly and then hits the ground and they're stuck under there they don't know why they're trying to figure all this stuff out and then uh you know everybody's burning all their fires and st- that kind of stuff and so all kinds of noxious gases build up inside this dome because it can't vent there's no air exchange with the outside world oh well that's not a good idea yeah no so it was uh it was uh you know usually this kind of thing on stephen king stephen king kind of writes two different styles and this kind of style like uh, the Tommy Knockers, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of, but this I, I actually really enjoyed. And I think it might have been because I listened to it instead of read it. And it uh, comes in at a whopping 34 hours and 29 minutes. If you want to check out Under the Dome or any other book on audible.com, go over to audibletrial.com slash talking dead. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash talking dead for your free audiobook. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Lori Holden. All right. So she is the last, I think, of the major prominent characters for us to spotlight. Yep, and then we got to do minor prominent characters. Minor prominent characters. We'll get to that who's next at the end. Now, I'd like to say something here off the top. Okay. And that is that I think we chose poorly in what our, mean we, in chose our we chose we chose Lori's we chose what to watch from her back catalog rather poorly you think so <laughs> i do and and we'll we'll find out why i don't know why you say that we will find out why as we get we get into only this only half a facetious um so we chose two episodes of the x-files two episodes of the magnificent 7 tv show from the 90s yep and a movie called bailey's billions yep <laughs> So let's do the X-Files first. All the right. first episode we chose was season four, episode one, called Heron Volk. Yep. Starring, of course, David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, and Laurie Holden as Marita Korav... Oh, man. I can't ever do this. Kor- Kovara- Kovarabias. 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 Um, this episode, Mulder is intent on saving Jeremiah Smith from the alien bounty hunter, if for no other reason than he hopes Smith could save his mother who has suffered a severe stroke. Uh-huh. So here's my experience watching this episode. You like bees? I, I love bees. There's bees. In I this turned episode. it on. It has the pre-credits intro with the guy on the telephone pole in Alberta. Yeah. And he gets stung by a bee and he falls off and he sees all the blonde-haired little boys. It's got the worst safety equipment on the planet. It's supposed well, to stop you from falling if you lose consciousness. Well, yeah, exactly. He, he just, Instead, he, it just It unravels. just snapped and he fell to the ground dead. Well, he didn't die. He he died, but not from hitting the ground. I know, but just the safety equipment could have been a little bit higher quality, <laughs> in my opinion. It's true. Um, so we do that. We get opening credits, and then we come back into a scene 
that was obviously already in progress and completely unrelated to the opening, and I didn't know what was going on because I couldn't remember from watching this the first time. Yeah, it was years very ago. confusing. So my first thought was, hmm, what the hell's going on? What here? the hell's going on? Something must be wrong because uh, you know I thought maybe. I don't know. Maybe this was the premiere, right? The season premiere. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that, this that's this why. this was encoded from uh, from your DVDs. That's right. Right. And I watched on the Apple TV. And I know you've had the odd encoding problem. And I thought maybe the chapters got out of order or something like that. Nope. So what did I do? I stopped it. I thought I'm gonna go back to the the last episode of season three, watch it, and yep. see if it makes sense. And it did. Yeah, <laughs> it does. So I went back and watched that one. Completely remembered it. And then went back and watched Heron Volk, season four, episode one. There you go. And it made much more sense. Excellent. Good work. <clears throat> um, so Lori Holden yep. was not in this episode until the very last minute. Yep. This was her, uh, this was her first appearance on the X-Files. She had a short conversation with uh, Fox Mulder at the very end. Very short. And then the episode was done. Done. So <laughs> she, she wasn't there very much. Nope. But she did a great job. I thought she, uh, yeah, I thought that she did well. I think this uh, character, who we're going to call Marita C from now on. Sure. I think she had unusually quaffed hair. Oh, she had quite the hair. Did quite you, the hairdo. Did you think about that? It was and very, very blonde. It was like this bleach blonde thing that uh, didn't quite make any sense to me. No, that's her. That's obviously her hair color. No, though. I think it was it, there was something about the color. Oh. I think it was colored and yeah, yeah. like I know her. I know she's blonde, but this color was like there was something about this blonde color. It, it was enhanced for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So in the last minute, um, I enjoyed the ep- these two episodes of the X Files, the, the the season three one and this one. I enjoyed them a fair bit. They brought back good memories of watching the X Files back when I when it was on TV. Yep. Um, so I did enjoy them quite a bit. Not much to say about you know Fox Mulder and them. Everyone knows what they were like in the shows. Yep. But Lori Holden was was okay. Yeah, I thought she <laughs> was know? okay. This is the first time that I've seen her in something like I watched the Magnificent Seven first, ah. and then uh, I watched. Uh, you know, the X-Files afterwards. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I ever saw her enter a scene as a new character without a gun in her hand. Because she does that in the Mag- Magnificent Seven. We'll get there. That's true. But that uh, is very true. yeah, it was nice to see her without a firearm or some kind. And in The Walking Dead, she did that as well. That's right. That's yeah. right. In the X-Files, she walks out of a boardroom or something. She's like the assistant to some kind of uh, aid. She's an aide to somebody or something. Yeah, to... It might even be a non-FBI organization. No, it's not FBI. It's like some kind of ambassador or something yeah. like that. So, anyways, it was her introduction. She gave Mulder some information and was sort of like, I'll see you later. See ya. <laughs> so then we moved to season five, episode 14, called The Red and the Black. Oh, she did a magnificent job in this episode. <laughs> anyway, the summary is uh, Mulder and Scully look to retrieve Scully's memories from the incident on the bridge where the mass killings happened. So... Now, I went Go back ahead. and watched that episode beforehand, like uh-huh. the one before uh, the red and the black, because uh, I went through, like on, uh, on uh, Wikipedia, they have the episodes listed, and they tell you which episodes are uh, Monster of the Week episodes, which episodes just have to do with alien mythology in general, oh. and which episodes have specifically to do with the alien invasion uh, storyline. The colonization. Yes, so uh, I don't particularly enjoy all the Monster of the Week stuff, and I had been working through the X-Files because I never watched the last four or five seasons. So I've been working through. So I went through and uh, 
basically uh, Heronvolk, and then the next one that had to do with the alien uh, colonization was the one before the red and the black. So I decided, and she was in that as well. Mm. So I decided to watch it. Okay, and I did. So I knew what led up to her very minor part <laughs> in this episode. Well, this is what I was talking about before. <laughs> she was in this episode, however, and she had four or five or maybe six scenes. However, the entire time in all of her scenes, she lay unconscious on a hospital table. Come on, when they pried her <laughs> eyes open and you could see the ink monster in there doing its thing, I thought she did a fantastic job the, of having her eye pried open. They called that stuff the black oil, right? The black oil, yeah. yeah. She had the black oil in her eyes. She didn't move. She didn't speak. She just lay there on oh, that she hospital She got that bed. from Krychek. <laughs> that oh, Krychek yeah. guy. Krychek. She had sex with Krychek in the previous episode. Well, tell me about the, the previous one then, because I didn't watch that and I haven't seen it in years. Uh, I think it was called Patient X, and it had to do with... Um, uh, so when people are abducted by aliens, they get these implants, mm-hmm. and they have this sense of uh, you know waking up in the middle of the night and having a feeling that they need to go someplace, but they don't know where. So what happens, it happened in Russia, and it happened in the States, uh, and then it happened to Scully, where uh, when they woke up in the middle of the night, they were called someplace, and they all these people that had previously been abducted went to this one location. That was the bridge. Right? That was the bridge yeah. for Scully, and then they all died. For whatever reason, they were burned or what happened. Something happened to them where they all were killed. So this happened in Russia, and then she's you know she was hanging out with Krychek. She's Russian too, I guess, uh, and she was over there talking to talking to Krychek about this thing that happened in Russia. And then blah blah blah. There was one guy, Patient X, uh, from the Russian incident or whatnot that had the inky oil monster in him. And then uh, she ended up having sex with Krychek in order to distract him while she could. Uh, steal this guy that uh, had the inky monster in him and then the inky monster uh, got, got in her got in her and then she had her eyes pried open in the red and the black <laughs> that was the next thing that happened that's right yeah <laughs> okay well um i don't remember very much of that because it's been a long time since i've watched the x-files but the red and the black was an okay episode um but Lori Holden sure didn't do much. Nope, not a whole lot. <laughs> she she lay there with the best of them. Yeah. Now, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to do Magnificent Seven? Yeah, let's do Magnificent Seven. All right. Why don't, why don't you introduce the uh, first episode of Magnificent Seven? All right. So, Chris Larrabee forms a motley group of men to protect an Indian village from an outlaw gang of ex-Confederate soldiers bent on uh, continuing the Civil War. Some people just won't let the Civil War go. As everyone knows, the Magnificent Seven TV show is based on the Magnificent Seven movie. Which is based on Seven Samurai. Which is another movie, um, a Japanese movie. Which is based on a book, I believe. Oh, probably. I I don't know that for sure. But uh, Samurai to Cowboys to TV Cowboys. Samurai and Cowboys have a lot of similarities. Do they? (laughs) Yeah, except for the outlaw thing. One use one uses swords and one uses guns and rides horses. I don't know. I always thought there was a similarity of some kind. I, I, maybe their um, their motivation is similar. I don't know. Who knows? I couldn't tell you. So, Ghosts of the Confederacy, the first episode. It was an hour and a half. I didn't realize that quite when, long. We, when we chose it, but uh, I watched it in two parts. Lori Holden was in the beginning. Yep, and that was it. She had a couple of scenes at the beginning. Now she plays the town like journalist or something. She owns the paper. Yeah. So she writes about what's going on, 
and probably sticks her nose where it shouldn't be throughout the series. And all of the uh, what we watched, the two episodes that we watched, entire every scene that she was in that we saw, she either had a newspaper or a shotgun in her hand. <laughs> that's what journalists of that day needed. Well, that's what you need. Cause, yeah, because she entered this episode with a shotgun. Did she? Yeah, she walked on into the middle of the street because there was some kind oh, of fight yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, she yeah, came yeah, out with yeah, a shotgun. Yeah. Right, tried to like, stop them. Don't mess around with her. She knows what she's doing with that shotgun. But then they pushed her down and just walked right by. Well, yeah. Because she is only a journalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what did you think of her performance in these two episodes? Uh, well, I mean, the second episode, we're just going to jump right into both of them, I guess? I don't see why not, really. I forgot even to add the summary for the second one. It was <laughs> season two, episode 13. I'm bored of writing this already. <laughs> no, I just mi- mispasted. Uh, it was called Obsession. Yeah. Uh, I thought, okay, so in the first episode in uh, Ghosts of Confederacy, I thought she was kind of weak, to tell you the truth. I'm not sure that this was her bag. Uh, just this whole... The accent, I don't know, not sure. You know, she does have a southern accent, right? In li- real life? I don't know about real life. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway, it seemed, she seemed a little flat. Didn't seem like this was her her role. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. It wasn't amazing. Uh, but, you know, she... She wasn't given a lot to do, yeah. But that—that's you know—that's neither here nor there. Now really. I have a confession to make about obsession. <laughs> I saw her at the beginning, and then I'm like, okay, they're like way someplace else, and there's no way that she's just going to show up here. So she's probably going to be at the end, if so, at all. So I, you know, I fast forwarded all the way to the end until she showed up, and then went back a little bit, and then uh, watched her scene again. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I have no idea what the context was. What's the funny thing about that is I didn't do that. But I don't remember anything from the from the middle. Um, they were trying to save a whorehouse or a farm or something. <laughs> Could have been either one, really. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Now I kind of remember. There was a good gunfight. And, and in fact, the first, seat, the first episode had a good gunfight at the end. And it was I, a cannon, too, which was nice. I did enjoy that. The cannon was cool, yeah. And Red Foreman had his, ate his own breakfast. Yes, he did. <laughs> Red Foreman is the... Uh, He's in everything. The Confederate soldier bent on continuing the Civil War. Yeah. He's not really... His name isn't Red Foreman. Well, that's what, of course, everyone knows him from. I know, but uh, he was, you know, he's done a lot of things. He was on the West Wing. And by that, I mean that 70s show. Yes. (laughs) Uh, He was on Star Wars, or Star Trek, sorry. I'm pretty sure he wasn't in Star Wars. No, he wasn't in Star Wars. That'd be cool, though. (laughs) Red Foreman. (laughs) Dumbass. Red Foreman standing by. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right red two standing by dumbass red five standing by red foreman standing by <laughs> anyways that's ridiculous so yeah Lori holden wasn't fantastic here but the show wasn't fantastic there was nothing great about it um coincidentally the main character uh chris larrabee was played by michael bean yep uh, b-e-i-h-n and coincidentally i met him at Fan Expo Canada nice. on the weekend, but did not put two and two together and realize that I was talking to the same guy whose show I had just watched like the day before. He was in Terminator too, you know. I know, but I didn't know who he was oh. before this. Uh, Ron Perlman, I would have recognized. Oh, or... Ron Perlman. Yeah, I didn't quite get... Did, did you watch Obsession? Did you see Ron Perlman's part in Obsession? He was playing golf. <laughs> Oh, that's right. He was playing golf. He was, <laughs> he was really good at it. Yeah. He was introduced to golf by one of the other guys. Yeah. 
Um, and and it's funny because he, he he took a swing and it went perfectly straight and over and then uh, right on where it was supposed to be aiming. Aim, and uh, the other guy said, "You're hooked," which is funny because that's a golf term. But he didn't hook anything, no, or slice. It was a good shot, but he was hooked. Yeah. Uh, I also remember Ron Perlman from the first Ghost of the Confederacy too, because he was the one guy, like the loner living out by himself, who didn't want to join at first. Yep. But then he decided, I guess he has nothing to lose, and he needed five dollars, and he needed the five dollars. Yeah. I guess that was a lot of money back then for a week's work. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, they didn't seem to think so. <laughs> um. So yeah, there we go. That was the Magnificent Seven. I I, can't. I thought she was supposed to be the love interest in this show. But uh, she never did, it didn't, because Obsession was the last episode, right? Well, there was a good, like, 23, 24 episodes in between that we didn't see. But there could have been some of that in there. But she didn't end up with the main character. He was in love with this, the, the lady that either owns a ho- the whorehouse or the farm or whatever they were trying to save. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, I, I don't know whether they just figured, uh, well, we'll wrap this up next season. But that never happened. Could have been. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> like I said, there was a whole bunch of episodes in the middle there where that the whorehouse lady could have been introduced earlier. We don't know. You know, Lori and him could have got it on for a while and then not. I don't know. Anyway, you're going to go back and watch the rest of them? No. No. <laughs> the show was crap. No, I am Just not. Just in general, this show was crap. <laughs> the opening sequence, oh my God, was like the cheesiest, stupid. It was just horrid. And the stolen music. <laughs> what was that song from? It was from any Western. <laughs> Was, I, well, I've, I know I've heard it before. Yeah. I've definitely heard the sh- the music before, but I thought maybe that was it's like probably the theme. like from Gunsmoke or the Waltons or something like that. I thought maybe it was the theme from the Magnificent Seven movie, but I oh, it could admittedly been. have not seen that, so oh. I don't know. Okay, that that gives it at least a little bit of credibility. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's hope for that because if they if it's not from that movie, then that stolen cowboy theme song just uh really annoyed me dun 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 that's how it went that's right oh yeah it was just the opening title sequence is just horrid anyway yep i'm not gonna watch that show all right well the final entry on our list here is ending with a bang bailey's billions oh yeah directed by david divine or david devine Starring Dean Cain. Dean Cain, of course. Former TV Superman. Yep. Jennifer Tilly. Yep. The possibly most annoying person on earth. <laughs> Tim Curry, a formerly great actor. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show alum. Yeah. John Lovitz as the voice of Bailey the dog. We, yeah. And <laughs> Lori Holden as Marge Mags. Marge Mags. <laughs> That's a Perfect good, name. It's a good name. So this movie, according to the IMDb is about a sweet and savvy talking golden retriever. Bailey is one doggone lucky pooch when his devoted owner, Constance Pennington, leaves him her entire billion-dollar fortune. What a piece of junk this movie was. Now, wait a minute. Before you write this off as as a complete piece of crap, it was kind of a kid's movie like it might have been a a 10 year old kid movie it wasn't really good for a four-year-old kid which i have in the house and i watch part of with yeah uh you know my four-year-old kind of likes the talking dog but i didn't know that bailey talked okay and so i'm watching the movie and then john lovett starts talking i'm like whoa the dog talks well, you didn't know we'd be going into a movie like this with a talking dog? No, I didn't know it was a talking dog. I just thought it was the dog got a bunch of money, and then people are doing stuff 
around the the, the money dog, but <laughs> the money dog. <laughs> I, I didn't know the dog talk. I didn't know that. I thought John Lovitz was going to be in it. I didn't read the description. Didn't know what was going on. It, it was quite surprising. Okay, well, there's before we talk about Laurie Holden in this role, there's, right. there's something funny that kind of happened at the beginning. This movie was oddly Canadian, first of all. Well, yeah. It takes place, it starts in Hamilton, Ontario. It sure does. And then uh, most of the film takes place in Toronto. They yep. show the skyline. They, you know, my house was in the movie. <clears throat> and uh, that's not true, but no. it could have been. It was like uh, the opening sequence where the, uh, the the helicopter shot was coming in, uh, zooming in on Toronto and the Sky Dome and the CN Tower and then went down to the Gardner and stuff. It was like uh, going through a time portal because that doesn't look like that anymore. There's so many condos down there now. It's true. The CN Tower is still there. The Sky Dome is still there, but it's called the Rogers Center now. Yep. And the Gardner's there, but it's falling apart. Yep. <laughs> but you're right. All those condos, there's at least like 50 con- like high-rise condo buildings down there that yep. weren't there when they shot The skyline this. is so different now. Kind of interesting to see. Yep. Now, that helicopter shot to open the film, as you said, the helicopter came in over the lake. We saw the whole skyline. Yep. We we you know went around close to the CN Tower, down across the the dome, and sort of came in slowly along the the Gardner Expressway, which is a highway, a raised highway there for anyone that doesn't know. And slowly, the camera focused in on a limo yep. that was driving, and then followed the limo as it drove along a bit, went off an off ramp, yep. and as it got to the end of the off ramp, we cut away. I thought that was well staged. It, to, to fly you know, a helicopter in from that distance in a single shot with no cuts yep. and and find that driving car and get right in close tight to it and then follow it off the highway, I was impressed by that. That was it, the single redeeming feature of this movie. <laughs> That's it? That's the single thing? Well, other than the fact that uh, you know the house of uh, Tim Curry and uh, Jennifer Tilly, when they were out in the backyard, there was palm trees. <laughs> was there? Oh, yeah. I was and it was on a hill overlooking some kind of city that had like uh, it was obviously Miami because there was like a bunch of water and then like a spit with a bunch of houses on it and there was like palm trees and stuff. Well, I, I was wondering where that house was if it was shot anywhere here. I didn't notice the palm trees for some reason, yeah. but they could have shot a house somewhere up in Muskoka or something, some mansion. Oh, on but it overlooked the city. It overlooked the city, yeah. but it obviously was in Toronto and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice like, that. Some kind of magical portal from Toronto to you know, Miami. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, anyways, about the beginning. So it starts in Hamilton, and they're, you know, which is a small city. City near TV's us. there. And City TV, which <laughs> is our like local TV broadcaster, was there, you know, in full force well, broadcasting. What's his name? He was looked very young. No, I thought it was Gord Martineau. I thought it was Gord. I think it is Gord Martineau. No, no. I had my wife, who's the expert in all things celebrity, or at least oh, she never forgets a face. She's wrong in this case. It is that guy. I don't know. It might not be Gord Martineau, the guy that uh, uh, he, he chair, chairs the news. What do you call it? Anchors the news. But there's another guy that does uh, like the city on the street stuff. I don't think it was him. I think it was an actor playing a city TV news anchor. Oh, I think it was him. All right. We well, got to go back. We're gonna, okay, we're going to get your wife down here afterwards, and we'll take a look back at Barney's, or Bailey's billions. <laughs> okay, so we've spent way too much time on the beginning. So this movie um, is completely ridiculous. Like, I've seen a number of talking animal movies in my life, like Cats and Dogs, for example, yeah. which was okay. I thought that was pretty good, especially for the kids. This movie was absolutely ridiculous. Retarded. Yeah, you can't use that word, but it was uh, it was really really bad. <laughs> um, Tim Curry, formerly well respected, great actor, 
It was horrible. Like, what's he doing? Throwing his career away yeah. doing shit like this. What, the only thing that this movie was missing was Cuba Gooding Jr. Because he's throwing his career down the toilet, too. And, you know, everybody in this movie... Yeah, it was it was horrible. John Lovitz, what can you expect? Uh, Jennifer Tilly, I don't know how she gets acting jobs because that woman's <laughs> voice it it makes me want to claw my eyeballs out. And the all the parts were so over the top, right? Like her character was supposed to be so annoying, and uh, you know Tim Curry was supposed to be this so conniving evil guy, and they were just so silly. And Dean Cain is the, like the ultimate good guy, you the know? bumbling the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of bumbling nerdy guy that gets spruced up for his date. You didn't laugh when he sees Laurie Holden across the room, and he goes into a fantasy where they're running down the beach to each other, and he falls down on the beach? I laughed at <laughs> no, that. No, I did not laugh at that. <laughs> oh, and they're wearing angel wings for no apparent reason <laughs> on the beach? <laughs> yeah. No, I did not laugh at that. I laughed at that. Anyhow, Lori Holden in this movie, I thought, first of all, looked really good. Mm-hmm. I think they made her up very well. She wore a lot of makeup, but I thought she just looked really, really good in yep. this movie. I would agree with you there. Um, not really a sort of natural kind of look like she would have in The Walking Dead, where she's not wearing like makeup yep. other than TV makeup. Um, but I thought she looked really good. And her part, I mean, it was the only part in the, sh- in the whole movie that wasn't like way over the top, like you said. It was, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with you there. She like she was uh, very much supposed to be this kind of commute, cutesy, romantic leading lady mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I'm not sure that that's quite her bag either. It didn't feel genuine. But she was better in this than Magnificent Seven, I think. I, I, I agree with you. This probably isn't, you know, the right thing. And she was doing this to pay the bills or whatever. I think she did a better job than Dean Kane. I think she did a better job than Tim Curry. I think she did a better job than Jennifer Tilly. I think she did a better job than John Lovitz. Yeah. Like she was out of all the, and the kid, the two kids were annoying too. And the female dog, I don't even want to get into that. But oh, yeah. uh, the, do, the, lo, the dog's love interest. Yeah, the dog's love interest. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think as far as, Actors go, she was probably the best thing going in this movie, but I don't think this is quite, you know, there's, you know, I, I you know, that romantic leading lady thing is, I don't think is, is her. Okay, well, at the very least, at least she was in this. She was, she was in this from the beginning to the end. She was hardly in the X-Files that we saw. She was hardly in the Magnificent Seven. She was in this movie, that's yeah. for sure. And I, I don't think she was as bad as you seem to. But the whole movie was absolutely. I'm not ridiculous. saying she's bad. I'm just saying this wasn't. The, I know. She, not she, her it thing. didn't feel like it was uh, her thing. But then you know it might have been the directing or the acting or the, uh, you know, the entire script, the whole concept of the movie. I don't know how this thing got made. Well, it must have been direct to video or something, right? I, I don't imagine this movie was ever in theaters. Yeah. You know, it was part a little bit slapstick. Supposed to be romantic comedy. It was. Uh, I don't know, a little bit musical, I think. Talking dog. Talking animal. It had all these ingredients that just don't come together very well. Yeah. Uh, But I watched it start to finish. took me three different sittings to get through the whole movie. I yelled at the screen a couple of times. (laughs) I I yelled at the half-hour mark. I'm like, come on, hurry up and finish. And then I yelled at the one-hour mark because I knew there was still a half an hour left. (laughs) Well, I watched a half-hour or so. Came back the next day. It was the it was the weekend by that point. Oh, I should have done that. And I came back the next day. Oh, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come back. I couldn't. I don't think if I had stopped, I don't think I could have brought myself to press play again. Yeah, no, I did because I got my four year old daughter and I was like, "Hey, do you want to see a, a talking and dog movie?" And so we put that on and we got through about another half hour before I was like, 
do you want to turn it off? And she said, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's it. And then I watched the end of it the next night. So I made it all the way through. Um, Good for you. Anyhow, um, yeah. So there we go. I think I think our choices for poor Miss Holden here were poor. I think that, okay, after watching all of these things that Lori Holden was in, I think that playing Andrea is the perfect role for her. I think this is going to be her breakout role. It's got to be. Well, we didn't watch The Mist because we've seen that before, yeah. and she's good in The Mist. Now, The Mist is not entirely a different thing than The Walking Dead. Right. It's kind of the same thing, actually. Um, and she was in The Majestic, too, right? I, think. I never saw The Majestic. I saw The Majestic a long time ago. I think she's in that. I saw The Mist, but I don't remember her in The Mist. Well, I mean, in, in hindsight, we should have watched The Mist in black and white. Instead of the mist in color, I watched it in black and white. Yeah, I never saw the black and white oh, one. Oh, I watched the black and white one. Right. Um, okay. Well, we could have added the mist to this, but we didn't just because we both seen it. So we went with Bailey's Billions, and uh, there you go. I mean, you'll never get that time back, but you can now say that you watched Andrea in a talking dog movie that has billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there we have it. That is our actor spotlight on Lori Holden. Um, if we ever redo any of these, she'll be top on the list. Yep. Unfortunately. Uh, so let's, let's announce who our next Walking Dead actor spotlight is going to be. As I said earlier, we've kind of gone through most of the primary cast now. So we're moving on to the supporting actors. And the first one we're going to do is Andrew Rothenberg. Mm. He played Jim on The Walking Dead. Not Jimmy. Not Jimmy. And if you remember Jim, he is the one that gets bit and then left tied to a tree. Poor Jim. Is he tied to a tree? Mm, he, was, he was left by oh, a tree. He was tied to a tree for a while, and yes. then they left him by, by the tree. a tree. You're right. So Andrew has done a lot of TV, and we're going to watch all TV, four different TV shows, actually. We're going to watch Castle, Season 2, Episode 17, titled Tick, Tick, Tick. Castle's a good show. I like the castle. We are going to watch True Blood, Season 1, Episode 7, Burning House of Love. Also a good show. He was in that, plays Malcolm? Is that... Is that the character I said earlier? No, I don't know. Sure. Uh, we're going to watch Weeds, Season 4. Episode, also a good show. Episode 1, called Mother Thinks the Birds Are After Her. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any Weeds. This is the... You should watch Weeds. Uh, I might someday, but I'm going to watch this one first. It uh, Weeds is one of those shows that kind of uh, starts and then takes a left turn, and then a big right turn, then a big left turn, and it is in Season 7 right now, and it's not the same show that it was when it started. Is it a half hour show or it an is hour? A half hour. Okay. And finally, we're going to watch Monk, season five, episode 15, another show I've never seen an episode of. It's called, this one is called Mr. Monk and the Really, Really Dead Guy. Right. So that ties into zombies right there. Well, maybe maybe is, yeah. Rothenberg plays the dead guy. I don't know. Well, zombies aren't really, really dead, though. They're only sort of dead. <laughs> no, they're definitely dead. Well, they're, they're dead. undead. Yeah, but they're not really, really dead. I guess they're not, well. Sure they are. They don't get much more dead than that. Yes, they do. Dead like, body lying on the ground not doing nothing is deader than a zombie. I suppose. <clears throat> I suppose. Anyways, that's what we're going to watch for Andrew Un- Rothenberg. Undead. They are definitely They're not undead. dead. They're undead. That for, that, therefore, they're not really, really dead. Quick, how many undead being entities can you name? Well, you got a lich. you got a vampire. you got... Uh, what else you got? you got your basic walking dead. you got your skeletons. you got your uh, zombies. Uh, well, undead and... Uh, ba- okay, that's four. 
Uh, did I say lich? Yeah, lich, vampire, <laughs> zombie, and skeleton. That's ghoul. pretty. That's pretty good. Is you it got, ghoul and undead? Ghoul, yeah. Um, Time's up. Five. Five's not bad. Well, you know, and then there's things like draco liches, which are which is a lich but a dragon. That's uh, it's when you're, co- you're combining your your super monsters. <laughs> <laughs> combining is. Uh, do you know this because of D and D? Yes. All right then. There you go, everybody. If you have if you have any other entries to add to our list of Walking Dead monsters, call or email undead us. Creatures. Undead creatures. That's a good way yeah. of saying it. There you go. Uh, Jason could name five. If you can name more than that, now you named six, kind of. Well, there's, two, there's two categories of undead. No, right? there's not. Yes, there is. Okay, you have your uh, you have something like uh, a vampire is an undead creature that you know still has its soul. Right, it's it's yep. still in possession of its own soul. Lich is the same kind of thing, where you have your skeletons and your zombies are undead. They no longer have a soul. They're just walking automaton time kind of things. Right. So mm-hmm. you're, you're two different uh, categories of undead: is the ones with souls and ones without, and the ones with souls control the ones without. So you have, uh, you know, your vampire is very very different from your uh, uh, from your zombie. Right, zombies just this mindless thing going around trying to eat things. Uh, vampires are very mindful and weird, and they're going around trying to eat things. Werewolves are not undead, right? No, they're not undead. They're, they're living. Okay, they have lycanthropy. Right. Okay. Or lycanthropy. If you can name, or if you have any more information than that <laughs> on the on the uh, nature of the undead, please give us a call at one eight six six four eight three Z O M B. That's one eight six six four eight three nine six six two. You can also email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail dot com, or follow us on Facebook at uh, facebook dot com slash the talking dead, or Twitter at talking dead. Those are all the good ways to get in touch with us, and we'd love to hear from anyone who has anything to say about anything we've talked about, or if you have questions or comments or anything like that, send them our way. Now, before we go, I do have one. Um, bit of listener feedback that kind of relates to some news that we got uh, um, not uh, well it it could have been in the news section but it's something we talked about last week and this is from Grant in Vancouver once again and he said uh, on the latest episode I heard you talking about The Walking Dead Rise of the Governor novel novel, and uh, I remember one of you guys asking if it would be an audiobook version well I was also curious about this myself, he says. So I emailed the publisher a couple of weeks ago, Samantha Bierman, the digital marketing and content associate from Macmillan Books, emailed me back and said this. Hi, Grant. Your inquiry about The Walking Dead was forwarded to me. We will, in fact, be releasing an audiobook edition on the same day the book goes on sale. Oh, that's nice. So there you go. Um, Thank you, Samantha Bierman, and thank you, Grant in Vancouver, for writing in. Um, I look forward to this, and this is going to be um, an Audible selection for me, I think. That would be good. So there you go. Audible uh, Audible comes through for all your Walking Dead Rise of the Governor needs. <laughs> How about that? How many of those needs do you have? Well, at least three, because it's going to be a trilogy. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so exciting that it'll be out on the first day, um, and we can all listen to it and have a merry old time. Ghost. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode number 53. Bye.